The following podcast is brought to you by Pathways Church. Thanks for joining us for this message from our weekend service. We exist to lead people into a growing relationship with Christ. If you have any questions or even a story to share about how God is moving in your life, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at info at pathwayschurch.us. Thanks for listening, and we pray that God's Word will enrich your journey today. Isn't it so reassuring to know that we worship a God who never, ever changes? Our God never changes. His love, His kindness, His power, His grace from generation to generation, we can stand on His faithfulness. Why? Because He never changes. And He can set us free. Just like He set the captives free, He can set you and me free. Uh, We can stand in this faithfulness because of what He has done throughout the generations. I think of the Old Testament, we, we, we sang about how He freed the captives, His children, the Israelites in the Old Testament. They were in captivity, Egyptian bondage for 400 years. We had two years of trouble, friends. They had 400 years of torture and God set them free and God split the Red Sea. Can you imagine seeing a wall of water on each side and walking through dry ground? That's our God. That's how great our God is. But today, I wanna show you a scripture. While we worship the greatness of God, the truth is most of us or some of us at periods of our lives, whether we're believer or unbeliever, we can stay locked up in our own prison. We don't experience full freedom. We're imprisoned to ourselves, we're imprisoned to to our pain, we're imprisoned to our patterns, we're imprisoned to our preferences, we're imprisoned to, to our past. You know, your past was never meant to be a life sentence. Your past is just a a lesson for what God's gonna do in your future. How many of you know what Paul says in Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you is faithful to bring it to the day of completion until Jesus Christ returns, amen? That's a promise, you can bank on that one. But let me show you this scripture about prison out of Acts chapter 12. Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before, Herod was about to bring him to trial. The very next day, Herod was planning on on killing, on executing Peter. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, scripture says, an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said and the chains fell off of Peter's wrist. That's a fantastic story. Come on, let's praise God that chains can fall off his wrist. Let's praise God that he wants to release some people today from prison. I have faith for your freedom. I know that our God is alive. If God can release his son from a tomb, he can release you from any cell on earth. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Now, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless these, your people. God, that you would speak to them. God, that you would, God, do some prison breaks today. God, I pray that chains would fall off in the name of Jesus. 
Now, God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, minister to our spirits, and where we can't hear or we don't wanna listen, I pray that your Holy Spirit would make up the gap. Come, penetrate our souls. Deep unto deep, speak to us. We need you, we need your word, we need your will, we need your ways. We pray this. In the name of Jesus, the strong Son of God, and everyone who agreed to this prayer, shout it. Amen. Amen. Hey, how about you do this? Turn to your neighbor or your son or grandson and say, I want to be free before you're seated. Oh, you guys are a great bunch today. I'm so glad that you're here. I see families sitting together and I love it. It's been an absolutely gorgeous weekend and I'm so thrilled that, that you've traveled from uh, Pulaski and other parts of Appleton. Anybody from Shyocton here? I love Shyocton. Everybody has a shotgun in Shyocton. So, <laughs> um, but I know some of you are online today and uh, some of you are at parks this morning and some of you have grandkids here and, and uh, we get the Bucks game seven at 2.30. Have you been saying your prayers? I've been. God didn't listen to me game six, so we're just gonna have to do it in Boston together, amen? I want the bucks too, buddy. I want the bucks too. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for helping me preach. Um, I know some of you are up north. You're opening up cabins today. I know the Zachmans are online. I know the Goldings are online. And I know lots of people are gathered states away. And I just want you to know the scriptural promise of uh, this truth that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, amen? And so wherever you are, uh, God is there and there's freedom uh, where you're watching on your mobile device here in the house, uh, God's house today uh, on site. We're, we're so thrilled that you're with us. Well, we had a fantastic first service and we were just worshiping and, and people praying and seeking the Lord. And I'm so excited for what he wants to do in the service as we uh, focus ourselves on his word. So uh, I want to look at Acts chapter 12 today, and uh, this is Peter in prison. And, and I think this is a powerful passage for us because God wants to release, he wants to speak to some of the areas of our lives where we're in prison. And it's pretty interesting to me that when you read scripture, you begin to relate to God in a different way than some of the characters of the Bible. And when I studied this passage this week, I found myself uh, relating to the angel differently than Peter would have. We're gonna break that down in just a few moments. But um, I, I just, <laughs> I thought it was so interesting to me that, that God showed up in the prison cell. God will always show up in your prison cell. I just wanna say that right now. He will always show up in your prison. In fact, when you go into prison, the prison of your mind, the prison of an addiction, a prison of your past, God's there with you. He didn't turn his back on you. He's not denying you. He's right there with you. His love, his power, his grace, his kindness. He's the same God. That's who he is. And so uh, as we look at this text together today, uh, I was struck by the fact that, first of all, God shows up in the form of an angel. Let me be very clear. Whenever there's an angelic appearance in the uh, scriptures, whether the Old Testament or the New Testament, that means God is there. He's there. And God is there where Peter is in prison, and here's the thing. God shows up, and the point is this. The point is that sometimes you don't know if it's God when you're in prison. You don't know. Sometimes you might think it's the very opposite. Why? Because did you know what the angels did when he showed up in prison? He struck Peter. He 
BAP, Peter. Some of you have been through the BAP of life. You know what I'm talking about? And when you get smacked in prison, you think it's the enemy or the guard, not the God of the universe, don't you? But did you ever wonder that maybe, that just maybe, God needs to smack you on the shoulder in a loving way, in a loving way, okay? Don't try this at home, okay? In a loving way, he needs to, rather than the enemy slaying you to the ground. Maybe God needs to, so the enemy doesn't slay you. Ever think about that? See, the text says that Peter was going to be released from prison and the angel came and he, now we have to ask ourselves, why was he in prison to begin with? To answer that question, we have to go back to the beginning of Acts chapter 12 and look at the first three verses. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church. Now, let me pause there. King Herod is not the same King Herod of uh, the story of Jesus and his birth, okay? This is uh, Herod the Great's grandson known as Herod Agrippa, okay? So Herod Agrippa arrested some who belonged to the church intending to persecute them. He had James. James is an apostle, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. Now, this is the very first apostle who was executed in the early church. His name is James, okay? He was executed. And when he, Herod, saw that this met the approval among the who? The Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. Now, here's what you need to know. The same play that Herod the Great, Herod Agrippa's grandfather ran when it came to the Messiah, to Jesus Christ, is the same play that his grandson is running right now. And here's the play. The Jews start to complain about this group of followers. When it was Herod the Great in Jesus' time, we have this Messiah and he's stirring up trouble and it's gonna be bad for Rome. He's, he's, he's talking, he's healing, he's talking about being a king. In fact, you remember in the birth narrative of Jesus when he heard that a king was being born, what did he do? Mass genocide, he wanted to kill all the kids under the age of two, but he didn't get Jesus. And so fast forward, this is the same thing some 35 years later that Herod Agrippa is doing with the church. The Jews are coming to Rome. They're saying this unstoppable movement that got started in Acts chapter two, 3,000 has now blossomed to about 10,000 in Jerusalem. A great persecution hit in Acts chapter eight. Now they're dispersed, but the problem is they're taking the gospel with them. And now Gentiles are getting saved in Judea and Samaria to the known world of that time. And the Jews are like, whoa, Herod Agrippa, this is bad. Like, you have to do something about this. And so he kills James, the first apostle. This would be like if somebody killed a member of the president's cabinet. It would send shockwaves through our country and around the world. It would be on every news outlet if somebody was killed in the president's cabinet. And so this is what takes place. One of the original apostles is killed, and now they're going for Peter. And Peter was a big deal because he preached on Pentecost and that was the church was birthed. And so now Herod Agrippa is going to kill Peter. There's some major opposition. 
Now, can I just tell you this? Whenever there's a true move of God among his people, or there's a move of God in your life personally, expect opposition. Expect that the enemy is going to come at you. Anytime that you take a step forward in faith, know that fear is lacking in the shadows. Every time you step out in belief, there's gonna be some sense of doubt inside of you. Anytime you have a sense of confidence, there's always gonna be some anxiety associated with the confidence statement or the bold proclamation that you just meant. Why? Because where there is an increased level of God's activity, there will be an increased level of the enemy's opposition. True? Have you experienced this? Expect opposition. I don't know about you, but sometimes I still struggle with this because when I experience opposition, my prayer times become self-pity times. And sometimes I can revert back to a two-year-old. God, why? I'm serving you. I'm being a good guy. I pastor a church. And why am I experiencing this? It's not. Oh, you prayed that prayer too. It's just not. And it's not right. Oh, yeah, you do say that it rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that verse. So when we look at Acts chapter 12, this is one of the last times that we're going to hear of Peter in the early church. We're going to hear him later on when he writes uh, uh, two letters that bears his name, First and Second Peter, later on in the first century to the scattered churches. But when we experience opposition, we always like to pout and say, why God? Rather than just expecting it and hearing Peter's words that he sent Later on in the first century, this is what he writes in 1 Peter 4.12. He says, dear friends, do not be surprised. I'm always surprised. It's like I've been through it 50 times. I'm still surprised when I experience a little opposition. Don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you. Why? What's the purpose? To test you. It's in those moments when you experience opposition from the enemy that your faith is going to grow. In fact, if you're not experiencing opposition in the Christian walk, at some point in your experience, you have to turn around and ask God, am I really following you? Ooh. Opposition is a part of the believer's walk. And, and Peter says, don't be surprised at the fire or ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Don't be surprised by that. Be prepared for that. Get ready for that. And that's exactly where Peter is at. He's in prison. He's in a fiery ordeal. He's asleep. It's the middle of the night. But God is going to do a reroute story. He's going to do a prison break for Peter. And he wants to release you and me from some of our prisons. So let's go back to the text again. Verse seven, this is what happens. He struck Peter on the side and he woke him up. Quick, get up. And he said, and then the chains fell off. Then the angel said to him, here's the second thing. He said, put on your clothes and your sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. 
the angel told him. And then Peter, scripture says, Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea what the angel was going, uh, uh, no idea what the angel was doing was really happening. And he thought he was seeing a vision. Now let's pause there. Peter had to move forward with faith without any explanation and trust God. Say that with me. Move forward with faith without explanation. It's not like the angel said, hey, this is what's going to happen. He gives him three commands. Now, listen, if I were Peter and the angel came and visited me in my prison, I would ask three questions to the three commands. Let me break it down for you. First, the angel says this. He says in verse seven, quick, get up. I would ask the angel, how? I'm chained to something bigger than myself. I'm chained to these two guards. Like, how am I going to get up? And it's not just two guards that he's chained to. There's two guards at the entrance of the door. It's not like Peter's under house arrest. He's in a super max prison. Cameras, guards, dogs, shotguns. This is bad news. The angel shows up. I'm like, how? Have you ever been chained to something bigger than yourself? Have you ever had something so overwhelming you're like, how am I going to get up? But did you notice that the chains fell off after Peter stood up? See, for me, I want it the other way around. I want the chains to fall off and then I'll stand up. But here's the point. The point is this. The angel did not do for Peter what Peter could do for himself. And, and, and the principle is this. The principle is this. Watch this. That freedom comes through our obedience. Freedom comes through our obedience. It's not like the angel told him, listen, when you stand up, the chains are going to fall off. He experienced freedom as he obeyed the angel. And that's what happens with you and me. And he did this in the absence of answers. Do you know that your chains don't fall off when you get more answers? Your chains fall off when you take uh, action and you're obedient to what God's word says. That's when the chains fall off. You can, listen, there are times that you come to church and you're looking for answers and you're looking for answers and you're looking for answers. I don't have answers. I just have the commands of God. And what God says when you're in a prison, sometimes you just got to quick, get up. Some of you need to stand up in your mind because you're in prison to the patterns of your mind. I was talking to a prayer partner this week and they said, you know, Adam, I was woken up by the Lord early one morning this week and I heard what God said to me was simply this, what you say is what you will see. I was like, hmm, that'll preach. I said, that's straight out of Proverbs. I said, that's Proverbs 18, 21, that the power of the tongue, in the power of the tongue, there is life and death. What you say, what you, that's why Paul says in Philippians 4, think on these things. Think on garbage. Think on violence. Think on moral filth. Think on, think on Twitter. Think on TikTok. Does he say that? Some of you are looking at me like, man, that's not the Bible. It's not the Bible, but that's what we fill our minds with, isn't it? Paul says, think on whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is praiseworthy, 
Why? Because it sets you free from the prison of your mind. The majority of our battles are won or lost right here. Right here. Really, it's right here. It's all right here. So, I would have said, how? Now, the second command that the angel says to to Peter is this. He says, um, I need you to put on your clothes and your sandals. And I would have said to the angel, why? So I can look good for my execution? You want me to shave too? You want me to get fresh fade? Like I'm gonna die tomorrow. Why am I gonna get dressed? But Peter, he just gets dressed. Now, here's what's so fascinating about this text. The text is so interesting. It's so rich if you understand Peter's personality. If you know the Enneagram, Peter's like an eight. He's a pure challenger. Peter is the guy, he was the craziest one of the bunch. He was obstinate. Peter was always trying to do it his way and tell Jesus. He told Jesus one time, can you imagine saying to Jesus, Jesus, you can't go to the cross. And Jesus was like, Peter, unless I bleed, you're not gonna get a breakthrough. That's the reason I came. Like Peter is the guy that was constantly just challenging everything. He was the why guy. But now he's learned some obedience. Remember two chapters later, he's the guy on Simon Tanner's roof. He has this vision of the sheet and and all the animals coming down. He's like, oh, I can't eat that bacon. And God's like, this is not about bacon. This is about breakthrough. It's about barriers. Like, don't forget, Peter, I'm bigger I'm bigger than your mind. Don't box me in in what I'm trying to do. And now he's learned through obedience, just being faithful to what God says. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the picture of faith. The picture of faith is doing what God says when you don't understand what's next, amen? When you can't see it, when you don't know it, but deep in your heart, God is speaking to you and it lines up with the word and you just gotta walk in faith. That's why scripture says we, we walk by, by, by faith and not by sight. So I, I would have said, uh, I would have said, why? But Peter, he just gets dressed. In the absence of answers, he gets dressed. Now, here's the third command, and this is probably the hardest one. Um, The angel says, put your cloak around and follow me. And you know what I would have asked? I would have said, where? Like, where are we going? I mean, I'll go if the climate is right and the job market looks good and gas is under $4 a gallon. I'm all in. But the angel didn't say and visit Peter and say, here's what we're doing. I need you to do this because I'm going to release the door open. Then you're going to walk. He came. In fact, he didn't even come to him in the middle of the day when he was awake. He came to him. Has your four-year-old ever just crept up on you in the middle of the night and stared at you and said, mom, like, dear, man, what just happened? Right? Or maybe your husband, when he sleeps, sometimes he, he's like Bruce Lee and he's like hitting you, right? The angel came in the middle of the night. Get up, get dressed, put on your coat and follow me. 
Now, Peter followed the angel. You know what that tells me? That tells me that Peter's obedience indicated to God that I'm with you, God. Sometimes when we're in prison, we just need to turn to the Lord and say, I'm with you, God. I don't, know, I don't know what's happening right now in my life. I'm not sure of this health scare. I don't know about my finances. You know what? Right now, my sexuality is broken, but I just need you. I was hurt in this past relationship, but I just need you to know that I'm with you. So many times we're looking for the promise and the assurance that God is with us. Listen, he is with us. And maybe your destiny is that section in Psalm 23 that we don't like to quote, but that destiny is true for us sometimes. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. And when we're in the valley, we need to turn upward and say, God, I'm with you. I'm with you because I know that you're going to eventually reroute my life to the quiet waters and the green pastures. Oh, this is our confidence. This is our hope. This is what we hold on to. This is our witness to the world that we can look back and say, yeah, it was hard, but look what God did. Amen. Yeah, I had a struggle here. Yeah, I was broken here. Yeah, I was in prison here. But I'm not ashamed because it was the power of God through the gospel of Jesus Christ that got me through. It was God who saved me. It was God who helped me. It was God who healed me. It was all God. Oh, so he follows him. For some of you today who are in prison, you just need to stand up. You need to get up. Quick, get up. And then you need to get dressed and then you need to follow God. But can I just give you one more insight from the text that just was amazing to me and I, I need to preach to you? One more. If you're taking notes, um, uh, you need to write this down. Do you know what the, remember what the church was doing while Peter was in prison? What was the church doing? They were praying. They were praying, and scripture says they were praying earnestly. That means they were praying with fervency, with fire, with passion. I need every single one of you to look right up here. I need to look, if you can't see that good, look at the screens. If you're online, I want you to look, right? Stop, stop making your oatmeal, put your cocoa puffs down, your brunch. I don't know what you're, just put it all down. Look right up here. The most powerful weapon of the church is the weapon of prayer. Prayer is what changes things. Look at me. Prayer is the language of heaven. Prayer is where we call on the all-powerful God to do all-powerful things and do the impossible when we can't see it, understand it, or know it. Prayer is our greatest weapon for people around us. Why do you think that Peter could be asleep on the night before he was going to be executed? You know why? Because the peace of God that passes all understanding came to Peter in that prison because the church was praying. This is the first time in the local church of any church, of the, of the church that I can find in the book of Acts. This is the very first prayer meeting. Very first prayer. They had one prayer meeting before when they were obedient to Jesus and the 120 went up to the upper room and the Holy Spirit dropped. From, from that time until Acts 12, I don't see another prayer meeting. 
where they, I'm sure they had dozens of them, but I don't see one until the church came around when somebody was in a prison and started to pray for Peter. Oof. That's why when you have something tough going on, you need people praying around you. You need a circle of friends. You need a small group. You need to call your mom, your grandma. You need to call everybody you know. That's why at Pathways Church, we're a praying church. That's why this ministry year, you have submitted over 120 prayer requests to our prayer ministry. And did you know this? Over 80 prayer partners will pray for you as soon as a request hits. Can you imagine? Listen, when you have a need, when, you're, when something's going on in your life, reach out to all your friends, but reach out to your church family. I got 80 deep gonna pray for you with the gift of intercession. Like, why wouldn't you submit that? Why? Because your pride? Why? Because, oh, I wanna remain anonymous? We won't put your last name on there. Listen, hey, can I speak truth? And if it's that bad, you don't care if anybody knows your last name anyways, because you need prayer that bad. Am I speaking truth? <laughs> My brother str struggled with addiction his whole life. People, I, I got over that fear and that shame. People in church say, how's your brother doing? He's not released from drugs. Please pray for him. Bill Demetrician. Sometimes in church, we get so like worried about what people think. Who cares what people think? I need prayer. I need my brother set free. You want to pray for him? Pray for him. If you want to judge me, judge me. I don't really care. I just want my brother set free. You start getting over some of those things. All right. So here's what happened. As they were praying, Peter ran out of prison. And then here's what the text says. Oh, it's one of my favorite scriptures. But Peter, while they were praying, kept knocking on the door. <laughs> So they were all huddled up praying together and he kept knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Now, I'm not sure why they were astonished. Were they astonished like, God did it. Yes, praise the Lord. Yes. Or were they astonished like, oh my word, God really answered our prayer. I don't know. The text doesn't tell us. I like to believe that they were like, yes. That was a miracle. We asked for it. We had faith for it. And God did it. But being a human being, I'm probably thinking they were like, oh my word, God really did it. Friends, there's a point in our faith and as a church unit that we got to get to the place where we're more like God is going to do it. We got faith for it. We believe. We, we got we to... Gotta, and I know it's hard, it's hard for me, but we gotta transition and take some stuff. Listen, this is a great church. This is a praying church, but I wanna be a part of a church that has faith and has the language of heaven and the prayer language that says, you know what? Not only in my own tongue, but in another tongue that you will give me, I will forge and I will go forward in faith and I will knock on heaven's door. I will do what Jesus said. I will ask and I will seek and I will knock. I want it to be given to me. I want that release. I want to know. And as a faith family, this weekend, as we've been praying for you, we need you to pray for us. When I say us, one of our staff members right now is facing a big health crisis. Rebecca Pettit, our children's director, just was diagnosed with breast cancer here in the last couple of weeks. 
We need to pray for Becca. Tomorrow she's going to have surgery. And we need to have the kind of faith and the prayer that God is going to bring complete healing. We need to be praying for her husband, Brad, and for, for Emma. And Aaliyah was one of our frontline singers. She was here singing, and their son, Grayson. Some of you have gone through breast cancer, cancer in general. Some of you know what that's like, and you can agree together. You can lift her up. This is going to touch our staff in a way that we haven't really experienced in the past eight years that I've been here. And we've been through a lot as a staff. This church has been through a lot. We've been through a lot. But this is a new thing for us. But I believe that God is gonna get glory from this. I believe that God is going to do healing. I believe that God is going to raise Becca up as a trophy of his healing power. We're praying this morning with our, with our, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We were praying for the Pettit family over here at the cross and, and I was praying and God just gave me boldness to pray. I said, God, and I don't care what the name of the doctor is. I care for the doctor, but I don't care about their name. If it's a male or female or what it says on their coat, their jacket, the surgeon, what I care about is that the great physician enters the room and guides the hands of those who are gonna be doing the surgery. I want that. I want that kind of belief and power and faith. Now, one last thing before we pray together. I felt like the Lord wanted me to tell you this. As Peter was knocking on the door, I felt like God say, Adam, tell the people in between knocks, In between knocks for what God is going to do, I want you to praise me for what he has already done. Praise, knock, praise, knock. Sometimes we can get so like, God, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? And we, we don't pause to praise and to say, God, look what you've already done. I'm gonna remember all the good things that you've done. I want to praise you. Come on, some of you in this room today, you can praise God for some things that God has rescued you from. You can praise God for some of the prisons he's already broken you out of. You can praise God for the salvation that he has given you. You can praise God that he has blessed you with a son or a daughter after battling infertility. You can praise God for your health scare. There's praise that can come between the knocks. There's praise. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me all across this place? Heavenly Father, I pray that you would speak to your people today. God, I don't know their given situation. I'm not sure of their circumstance, but I know your Holy Spirit is here. I know he's active. I know your word is alive. It divides. It divides to the very core of who we are. So God, I pray that you would speak now. Maybe you're here today and you just need some prayer. You... You need somebody to pray with you at the end of service, at the very end, as people are leaving, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and you need to come forward and receive some prayer. There's gonna be prayer partners who are gonna encourage you and, and pray breakthrough prayers with you. Big, bold prayers. That's you, that's your action step. Some of you, you're here today 
And you would say, you know, Adam, I just need, I need to let God know that I'm listening and I need to let you know that I heard you and I wanna be released from my prison. I wanna be released from a pattern or I wanna be released from some anger or some jealousy. I need to get released from a sexual addiction. I need to get released. I just, I need out of this prison. If that's you here today, would you just raise your hand? Do it right now. I wanna acknowledge you and pray for you. Yep, I see your hand, hands everywhere. Yep, 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 yep. Thank you. You can put them down. Father, you see those hands. I pray that you would release, God. God, that they would get up quick. Get up, get up, stand up in your mind. Stand up in your spirit. Renounce it. I'm done with it. Set me free. Let the chains fall off in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now you might be here today or watching online and you're boxed in. You're so chained up by your sin. Maybe you've never had a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ or you've drifted far from him and you're not sure if, if you're really with God. Today you wanna come back and say, I'm with you, God. Today I'm, I'm recommitting. Today I'm, I'm coming into relationship with you for the very first time. You say, Adam, what do I do? You let go of your sin. You repent, you confess. And on the count of three, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand if that's you today. You're watching online, you reach out to a chat moderator. You're online, you tell somebody. You call the church office, you email me, you text me, you reach out to some people. But if you're in the room today and you wanna give your life to Jesus Christ, one, you would say, I'm ready. Two, I wanna make a commitment to Jesus. I wanna place my trust in him. Three, raise your hand all across this room. See you right in the back, all the way in the back. I see you up front. Who else? All the way in the back to my left, your right. I see you, sir. Put your hand down. Thank you so much. Yep, yep, yep. See you, buddy. Now let's pray together in full voice, out loud. We never pray alone in pathways. Let's pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me, for wanting to set me free. I receive salvation. By faith, I can't earn it. I can't work for it. I just receive it. Because of your love and your blood for me. I pray this in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. Hey, let's celebrate together some decisions that were made today. Commitments and faith in Jesus Christ. Commitments and faith in Jesus Christ. Let's celebrate that together.